on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. And just starting off the show by introducing subscriber drive, and that is going from starting today, the 15th of February until the 21st of February. And subscriber drive is really important because it's all about people either initiating to have a subscription, or sorry, (laughs) it's been a long day, it is stage four restrictions, Uh, maybe my tongue's locked as well. We are in lockdown, um, stage four restrictions, um, COVID-19. So people will will be needed to subscribe to 3CR and it costs, it costs, just $35 to subscribe to 3CR if you're unwaged or concession. It's $75 waged and $150 solidarity or for a band or organisation. And you can subscribe online by going to www.3cr.org.au subscribe. You can also subscribe by calling the station during business hours, Monday to Friday, and paying by credit card. Call 94198377. So a 3CR subscriber is a member of the station and therefore has a say in what happens at 3CR. Subscribers keep 3CR independent and commercial free. First up on the show, we're going to be speaking with Ian Rintel and he has been extensively um, a guest on our show over quite a few years now. He's from the Refugee Action Coalition and we'll be speaking with Ian about refugees and asylum seekers. There have been a number of media releases recently, which have discussed quite a few disturbing atrocities that have happened, one of them being that there was a hit and run on Nauru. Um, We will also be speaking about self-harm and how some refugees have been left behind. Some of the Medivac refugees have been left behind at the Park Hotel in Melbourne. And we'll speak about that and also about how there was a guard that tested positive um, for coronavirus in one of the one of the detention centres. So we'll be speaking with Ian, quite a lot to talk about there. And then after that, we'll be providing listeners with some special snippets from the Doin' Time show. Now, 3CR has a lot of really diverse, diverse shows. So the snippets that we'll be providing is really just a, a glimpse. It's a glimpse into what is showcased at 3CR, just to show you that it is important to subscribe. And these will be just little bits of material and interviews from 2020, um, and I'll be introducing that that later on. Okay, so on to Ian. We've got a common enemy. The same government that locks up these refugees just behind us here at the Park Hotel is the same government that's going for our rights, trying to attack the very limited gains that casuals have. And so when union activists take up the cause of refugees amongst their fellow workers, it's not an act of charity. It's about building workers' united self-defence mechanism, understanding that we're all part of the same battle. 
Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. And you're back with the Doing Time show. Hello, Ian. Welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, Marissa. It's lovely to have you. Um, as I said in my introduction, we are in stage four restrictions now um, in Victoria for COVID-19. Yes, yeah. I think everyone around the country has seen uh, the latest developments in Victoria. So, yeah, our hearts are with you. It's, thank you so much. It's devastating, isn't it, to see the direct impact of years of... Government inaction, isn't it, on what's happening with refugees and with refugees and asylum seekers? Could you tell us about what's been happening lately in regards to, uh, you know, self harm, and also I believe someone, a guard, also tested positive um, for COVID nineteen. And there's been quite a few media releases, hasn't there, recently? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's been a very yeah, it's a, it is a difficult time because it's, I mean it has been so long now uh, that you know that people have been in detention. Like it's getting up close to eight years for the people who've been in Nauru and Manus Island, and the fact you've, you've got people who are in Australian detention centres, some of them have been in there you know longer, ten and eleven years now. So it's a very desperate situation uh, for them. Uh, of course, COVID, you know, has you know exact you know, made the you know, what much worse situation. The government admits it's a high-risk environment in the detention centres and in the, the hotels where Medivac refugees have been put now for almost two years. But they've done they've done nothing really, um, you know, to you know, don't do nothing really to um, you know improve the situation for people in the hotels. And um, you know, as you said in the introduction, I mean, just recently uh, there was a scare. It turned the, the guard turned out to uh, turn he returned a negative test in the end. But oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, so that was that was okay. But it was a bit, very big big scare inside. The, uh, the Park Hotel, where you've got you know 11 refugees who have been left behind, um, and uh, they got an announcement uh, over the uh, speaker system of the hotel that uh, you know 11 o'clock on Friday night, uh, saying that uh, you um, that you know guard has been um, you know testing is being tested for COVID. Um, that you are now always all required to go into uh, you know isolation, so they had to return to their individual rooms. Shortly after that announcement, uh, Circo guards come in in full you know, sort of, you know, biohazard, uh, you know, outfits full, you know, uh, PPE, personal protection, where they started to clean things and, you know, shepherd people back into the room. So it was a very scary situation for, um, you know, quite a while until on Sunday morning, um, you know, people were told that the, um, the guard had tested negative and so they, um, the guys, you know, in the park hotel wouldn't be, you know, tested at all. But it was just, yeah, it was a shot over the bow. It's probably the fourth one we've had where there have been, um, you know, people who have been, um, um, you're found to be found to be positive. Uh, Circo guards have been found to be positive, um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 just a matter of time. Yeah, Marissa, as you know, with those you know lockdowns that are happening in you know, Victoria, it's only a matter of time until you know it, there is there is an infection and people you know are being exposed unnecessarily. Indeed, you are absolutely right, Ian, and it's 
Believe me, my sense of humour has been severely tested. I'm, I'm, I'm actually at the point now where I'm actually babbling sometimes because it's like I just can't believe what's going on. It's lockdown after lockdown. You've got refugees that are, that are locked up, you know, medivac yeah. refugees, you know, and I believe there were 12 medivac refugees in the Park Hotel that they were confined to their individual rooms in the hotel. So that media release, I received that on the 14th of February and it said in there that the Certico Guide um, had tested positive and then he tested negative. Yeah, see, um, I got, yeah, yeah the, the, the most definitive thing uh, was people got the announcement over the, over the radio, over the uh, yes. internal speaker system, which was, you know, I got my information from the people inside the hotel. Sure, sure. Um, they understood that the announcement said that he was positive. Um, I can't confirm that, uh, but, uh, but the, the biohazard, the Serco guards coming shortly after in full PPE. So it's pretty clear someone quick. thought... That's right, that's right. That's yeah, yeah, there's no question about what the about the incident and about the no. level of anxiety that was, you know, created. Oh, uh, ultimately the guy the guard tested uh, negative, so you know, so far so good. But as we said, it's just a it is just a matter of time. They are they're I mean they're a disaster anyway, but COVID makes them a you know, a disaster, you know, waiting to happen in terms of being exposed to the virus. Not only was this not discussed on mainstream media, I haven't seen that on ABC, I haven't seen that on any any channels, TV channels at all, but, you know, imagine all that anxiety and then refugees potentially being exposed to the positively, you know, to the, to the virus itself. Yeah, it caused a huge amount of anxiety, and, and in the case of the Park Hotel, it is just so unnecessary, you know, when you've had about, you know, almost 50 people released from the hotel, the government has given no explanation for why 12 people are being, you know, kept inside there. Uh, they're anxious enough about that anyway, after almost eight years uh, in detention, about why they've been singled out to be kept in the hotel, and then with the COVID risk on, uh, on top of that. But the whole, you know, past year of the pandemic, uh, there's been, as I said, probably four uh, instances at least where we've had this kind of close call, you know, where there's a Serco, you know, officer, you know, has been found to be, you know, to be positive. Other Serco officers are being are being tested, and there's no real uh, protection given to people inside. They're constantly exposed because of the rotation of uh, COVID officers in the early days of Mantra. There, you had other guests, including uh, international airline staff, coming and going from the, you know, the hotel. So um, it's been, uh, you know, good luck rather than good management that we haven't seen. Yeah, you know, people infected inside those places. I'm just really glad that you could come onto the show today because today is the beginning of, of subscriber drive and one of the things that 3CR prides itself on is that we actually deliver um, media from people and communities that are deprived of a voice. And refugees are indeed deprived of a voice, aren't they? And there was another media release recently too from the Refugee Action Coalition in regards to self-harm in the hotel. Can you talk about that? Because I understand that some Medivac refugees have been released and some left behind. That's yeah, that's right. I mean, there've been some very, very unfortunate um, you know, incidents. Uh, you know, as a whole. Because of because of the long term detention, full stop. But um, when uh, some people were recent released, as I was mentioned earlier, and uh, people, you know, 14 people initially were, you know, left behind in the hotel. Um, 
there was, you know, one one guy attempted uh, suicide and was, you know, taken from the Park Hotel to the detention centre in uh, in Mitre uh, because of, you know, his concern about being left behind, uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, look like you were going to be released and see, you know, your fellow refugees actually being released and then uh, you being left behind with no explanation uh, became you know, sort of too much for him, but it's going, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's added dramatically to all the things that create the situation for self-harm in, inside the detention centres. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's so incredibly brutal, isn't it, Ian? Yes, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe, but it's that level of, you know, it's quite deliberate, conscious, you know, government policy, um, even down to this. I mean, there's no explanation about why the trial were left behind. You had, you know, Peter Dutton on 2GB the other, the other day saying, oh, they're being released because it's, a, you know, the uh, costing too much. Um, but you've got, you know, 67 people in Kangaroo Point. You've got another 30 in Mighty. You've got 12 left behind. It's costing too much for them as well. It's costing too much in terms of their their lives, their future, their mental and physical health. Let forget about you know how much money Dutton is uh, you know is spending. It's a complete you know waste of waste of their waste of their lives. And um, if Dutton was consistent, well then they they would be released. If he is concerned about saving money, he can save a lot more money you know by getting everyone out of detention. Absolutely. And finally, I believe that a Tamil refugee was seriously injured on Nauru. Can you talk about that? Yeah, look, that's got to be one of the most, uh, it's one of the, the, the ugliest incidents uh, that you know, we've seen come out of Nauru. The, you know, Tamil refugee on Tuesday night, late on Tuesday night, was riding his motorbike home. Uh, he was run down by a car of uh, Nauruans. They knocked him off the bike. Uh, the car went over his body. Uh, they then reversed the car, so it went back over his body. Uh, people got out of the car and actually physically attacked him on the ground, and then stole and then stole his motorbike, effectively just leaving him, you know, for dead. Um, so he's had some shocking injuries. It took from uh, Tuesday night until Friday night for him to be finally uh, taken by air ambulance from the room. You know, he's now in intensive care in as a hospital in Sydney. Um, but it's uh, it's. I think one of the most shocking incidents which, you know, demonstrates uh, that refugees are not safe on Nauru, uh, that the refugees and asylum seekers since 2013 have lived in a general, you know, climate of fear on Nauru uh, because they, they are vulnerable, they're so, you know, clearly exposed uh, to uh, this this kind of attack and there have been so many of them over the years but this is a particularly brutal um, example of the kind of vulnerability that asylum seekers on Nauru you know, actually face and it's caused another wave of fear uh, for those. There's only about 125 people, asylum seekers and refugees left on Nauru. Um, they could so easily be brought to Australia and given you know, protection uh, in Australia but we've, we've not seen that so far. So uh, we're doing a lot uh, all that we can do in terms of contacting the, you know, the Tamil community and refugee supporters in Australia to make sure that the, the uh, Tamil refugee gets all the support he, um, you know, he needs. He's only 36 years old and I'm hoping that he's been transferred from Nauru to Australia. Yes, he has. He was transferred um, late on Friday night. So by air ambulance got to um, 
the hospital in Sydney on the Saturday morning. He's now in intensive care in an induced coma. But, I mean, the level of the injuries are unbelievable. Broken shoulder, broken hand, broken hip, broken leg, facial fractures, broken back. Um, oh. It's just absolutely unbelievable what uh, has, uh, yeah, has happened to him. And it is just such an unnecessary uh, thing to happen. He should never have been on the roof, should never have been exposed uh, to that kind of violence. Well, I don't like to speculate, but I'm, this sounds like attempted murder and it's a very ugly incident. It, it is, it is. And um, yeah, so, so far, interestingly enough, or perhaps uh, typically enough, the Nuremberg police have declined you know, to comment. We've seen too many examples in the past where the lack of police action on Nauru has made it very clear that the people can attack refugees and asylum seekers with, you know, with impunity. So um, it's good to see that they have been arrested, but um, yep. there's not going to be justice, even if these people are finally you know, prosecuted and we will have to wait to see if that is what eventuates. Too often before, they've been held in similar incidents, held for a short time and then, and then released. Um, but uh, there's not going to be any justice until we get everyone, the asylum seekers and refugees, off Nauru. No justice, no peace. And such a shocking reminder there, Ian, of the threat of violence that refugees and asylum seekers live with on Nauru, you know, as they're routinely targeted. Yeah, it's just a, it's a daily fact of life. I think it's one of the, b the bizarre, you know, ironies. It's one of the sick ironies of offshore detention is that people who have fled, you know, sort of, you know, violence and and war and brutality, persecution in other countries, find themselves <clears throat> on you know on places where rather than getting any kind of safety, they're they're subjected um, to you know almost as much violence uh, as they as they suffered in the land they've uh, they've you know fled from. Indeed. Ian, thank you so much for coming onto the program. And, okay, Marissa. Uh, yep, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Okay, good luck with your fun drive. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. The Black Lives Matter movement is not going away here or overseas. It gives me hope seeing the numbers of people that turn out to these Invasion Day demonstrations in Melbourne. It gives me the understanding that we will win, folks. We will succeed! Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Or call the station on 94198377. And you're back with the Doing Time show. And we'll be speaking shortly with Tamar Hopkins, former solicitor formal principal solicitor from the Flemington Kensington Community Legal Centre and she's also been, been doing and has done extensive research in regards to police powers and racial profiling. I just want to start off an introduction by giving listeners a quote from Premier Daniel Andrews in Victoria. Our priority is to make the hard decisions to fight this virus 
and keep the community safe. And now we're supporting those Victorians who've made this possible, Premier Daniel Andrews said in a statement on Sunday. Basically, the chief focus for the 3,000 people now locked inside their flats in the Nine Towers at Flemington and North Melbourne has been the shortage of supplies like sanitary napkins and food and toiletries. And I'm going to be speaking to Tamar about this very complex issue and really looking at has there been a coordinated effort here, what's going on and what can be done to improve things. And certainly the Do and Time show is not saying that we, we, that the virus isn't important. We do need to eliminate the virus. But what's happening? What's happening with the Nine Towers? Hello, Tamar. Welcome to the program. Hi, Marissa. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, so I, there's a bit of an echo on this call. So yes, yes. Uh, that's because, because of the pandemic, <laughs> there's been restrictions at 3CR and I'm okay. doing the show remotely from home. So the sound may not be as, as usual. Okay. Can you Thanks hear me? Warning. Yeah. I can. So yeah, I've been in um, communication with one of the residents and um, part of a Facebook group that's been set up to talk about what's going on. So I have a little bit of insight about what's 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 happening. Um, and look, there's some incredible organising going on. Amazing leadership from inside the flats. Real solutions being sought out from the inside. Um, but yeah, look. I think everyone is quite appalled and shocked by the lack of preparation on the part of the state government in going into this um, hard lockdown without... Can you take us through any... from the beginning? So, so, so what happened, Tamar? Yeah, so um, it, on, on Saturday in the afternoon, there was an announcement from the Premier uh, that as of the announcement that the flats at North Melbourne and Flemington would be subject to a hard lockdown... Um, which we understand meant that all the residents were not allowed out of their houses for any reason at all. So not for the usual four reasons that are provided to other residents that have been put into level three lockdowns, but were actually to stay in their flat, like full stop. Um, so this gave people no preparation to get food, medication, um, extra things for their babies, um, you know, things for their elderly uh, family members that were living there, uh, fresh food. <laughs> there was no opportunity at all to prepare for this. It was suddenly under lockdown. Then it became apparent that the... And, and the other thing was that the Premier ordered that there be 500 police um, uh, put on the estate to basically police the perimeter and prevent people from, from going in and out. Um, and we were told that there would be police on every floor and certainly in foyers and all around the, the centres and roads were, are blocked off, have been blocked off. There was a real confusion immediately about what was what was happening. Um, it looked like some of the residents in North Melbourne were able to get out to get medications just in, in that evening, but people in Flemington were locked down immediately, so there was a bit of inconsistency about what was actually going on. But now um, I understand that everyone is under a lockdown. Um, and now the thing about this is that if people are unable to get out to get their needs met, then they are completely reliant on the state to provide those needs. And we have there is real concern that there, this has not occurred. There has not been adequate 
um, information provided, but um, not adequate food. People are running out of, you know, vital supplies for their children. Um, food that has been delivered has been, we've heard reports that it's been cooked pies with ham inside, which is completely inappropriate. Um, people, these are their these are their homes. They can cook. They want fresh vegetables and fruit. And just while I'm on this point, I've just got a list of things that people are request, requesting. That's milk, yep. bread, co- cooking oil, baby formula, masks, gloves, sanitizers, sanitizer, baby products, fruit, vegetables, lentils, um, and that they're asking that it be dropped off at the North Melbourne Mosque, which is at 91 to 101 Boundary Road in North Melbourne. So they are... Repeat that um, address again. again. The address is 91 to 101 Boundary Road in North Melbourne. So people could um, could take supplies there. They can be distributed to the residents. Um, so really, yeah, so I mean, what the, the other extraordinary thing about this, Marissa, is that um, this hard lockdown was only applied to the... Um, to the high-rise public housing estates. There are other high-rise apartments um, close by that have not been subject to these restrictions. Um, the streets, surrounding streets, are not subject to these restrictions. So there, the people are inside looking out over people who are able to get along, get out, go to their work, go to get food, um, and yet they are restricted in inside. So there is a real sense of one set of rules applying to public housing tenants who are you know, a very highly racialised community versus everyone else in these communities. And, and that that um, difference in treatment is profoundly... Sh- Hi, we're the Marindas and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855am. And you're back with the Doing Time show and it's approximately... 4.25 and just to remind listeners that that particular interview was a snippet from last year 2020 and it was around July last year and I actually included that material about the, the towers just to highlight how 3CR actually looks at providing coverage for people that have been deprived of a voice and looking at the real issues and pretty soon we're going to be um, playing you another bit of material um, with Lex Watton. Oh typical of a man in the western system like hello you know all stories may, may be important but at the end of the day invasion day you can't compare that to the first fleet because invasion day was the start of a dispossession, murder, massacres and the total annihilation of some people on a continent that had existed since time immemorial. So Scott Morrison, if he really wants to leave this country, he needs to shut his mouth in regards to those comments and really understand that Australia Day cannot be celebrated. It is a day of mourning for our people and they would not celebrate the Holocaust. You know, so I don't understand how that is any different than what our people went through because the genocide continues today. Like, Scott Morrison really needs to take a step back and listen to the voices on the ground because he's really ignorant in my view. 
Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. on Channel 9 is actually quite deplorable, isn't it? You know, they they make uh, they make the Palm Island look really bad. And, you know, they talk about the residents... They talk about how the residents won their legal fight against the Queensland Police Service. And they talk about how violent they were and saying that the compensation money was spent recklessly on luxury. Can you comment on that? Well, like... Like you said, um, yes, there was a bit of luxury that it was spent on some of the money, but that's their money, and they spend it however they want to spend it. You know exactly. what I mean? And um, it's it's no one's business. And um, as you stated, it wasn't about money. As uh, I think I raised it, which is some years ago, how I would have liked to have seen the compensation um, awarded to us was to, for the state to. Um, fund programs for, say, about 20 years without um, fail. And um, I didn't want uh, monetary um, compensation towards individuals or myself. Uh, oh, yeah, it would be good to get it myself, you know what I mean? Because I'm the one who's putting the neck out there, you know what I mean? And, so um, it didn't go to you, it went to the community? No, well, I did receive some monetary um, yeah. thing, and that was after we actually um, were awarded. And um, But as you, if you could um, go back to the time when um, it was um, stated that we um, we were right in our thing and that um, the state, uh, well, the, the Crown, I suppose, uh, but federal high courts found in our favour, um, the state wanted to settle the matter by giving me my payment and then... Um, in the process after they had a, um, 21 days to uh, lodge an appeal, and on the last day of the 21 days, um, they actually lodged an appeal, and um, then it sort of brought more thing, but we were more or less preparing to um, fight them, but then others got into action where they, there were petitions. Um, I think we there was a petition put out on our behalf for the state to um, drop the, um, the um, appeal and just pay, the, pay us out. And um, so we were looking for 25,000 uh, signatures. We got over, well over 30-something thousand signatures. And then um, there were other things that happened at the time, and I also, it was pretty close to some state election. And I said... Now, I'd which petition was this, Lex? This is for the um, state to drop the suit. Oh, yes, yes. And so so um, then I also announced that I'd be running in the um, uh, state seat of Townsville just to um, take away the votes by taking away the whatever numbers here from Palm Island because Palm Island determines the seat of Townsville, federal and state. Um, so whether that was all part of the things, so they decided to um, drop the um, 
appeal, I don't know, but then there were um, media reports saying that the um, state, um, their um, head um, solicitor said, look, just pay the community out and, you know, get on with things. And so that's why the state um, decided to drop the um, appeal and then we went into negotiations on how much um, so we had a bit of time to um, then um, I think we had 12 months to um, get claimants registered and out of, it was open to 2,000 people only 447 local people claimed and um, yes. due to some um, some of the leaders at the time with the um, hatred towards myself was informing community people not to um, lodge a claim because they didn't believe that uh, they would receive anything out of it. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. their bad luck. And then, uh, as of recent, when there was a bit of a pay- payment uh, in February, I think, or late February, March, there was some, the 90% of their payments were um, awarded to the claimants um, when they had the ones who missed out aired um, the amounts. The bloody kicking up a stink and wanting to um, they had petitions and stuff, wanting to petition the state to um, pay them out, but already signed off. You know what I mean? But you know, Lex, it sounds on. like yeah. a bit of a mess to me. It sounds like it's a bit of a mess. And I think really mm-hmm. what this boils down to, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, mm-hmm. is that really this this shouldn't be about money or what it was spent on. And I'll, I'll make a correction on there because I said it wasn't true that um, there were luxury items. But it isn't true really across the board because not everybody would have done that. And also, you're right, it's none of anyone's business if people want to buy luxury, luxury mm. things. I mean, what what is it what is it to the media? What is it to the government as to how people spend their money anyway? Probably once a promotion. I saw another um, reporter from the same bloody um, channel, uh, Channel yeah. Nine, uh, did a same did a report on me, and his name was Tim Arbia, and he had the same um, police officer, Kathy Richardson, come to my house uh, while I was going home for lunch on the particular day, and sort of ambushed me. And um, when at the time when um, it was in the media that um, the state settled with us. Um, yeah, they were spreading the um, rumours or gossip to um, get public opinion, I suppose, or support around um, why we should receive the money and saying that um, none of the police officers were awarded any compensation. But as my lawyer said, and which was true, all the police officers that were here on the island at the time received bravery awards. And not only that, um, the truth is, they all actually um, have left the force saying they were too traumatised from what happened here on Palm Island and that they're all on post-traumatic stress disorder and they're all going to be paid up until the time they retire. That's what the, um, why the public don't know about what's happened. Yeah? So Absolutely. They're on pay. And, um, but going back to, yes, where they spent the money, that's no one's business. But the thing is, they received the money and they did what they did. And I've seen a lot of good things. What the reporter didn't report was what I said to him um, 
thinking that he was doing the right thing by me, I, I told him that all the generosity that I seen from people, and you would have seen if you seen the report, they would have added and cut things to suit themselves. And there was yeah. not one mention of someone being deceased that received the money, or deceased people received money, which is true. There were people that claimed for money, but they are deceased at the moment, and if they had an estate, then that estate is entitled to that uh, money and stuff absolutely, like that. Absolutely, Lex. No, you, you, you're absolutely and, right. And in fact, you know, it's perfectly all right, isn't it, for, for mining corporations and yeah. uh, to grow fat on the profits of nuclear testing and, uh, and, and nuclear um, mining, and it's perfectly mm. all right for them to buy yachts. But, you know, when you talk about Aboriginal people, you've got a lot of 1788 all over again mentality where they're saying that Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islanders are always trying to reap um, financial benefits for themselves. And well, did that they ever do a report on stolen wages and how yes. much millions and billions of dollars have been stolen from our, our, our um, welfare tax, you know? And we've been pushed off the land so that they can rape the land and bloody do everything else what they did today. And now we, we're going to fight to actually prove our, um, what is it, our uh, traditional ownership of shit. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. And you're back with the Doing Time show. I was getting all revved up with that interview. Um, and just to let you know, that was last year, 2020, and that was an interview, part of an interview with Lex Watton. And it's basically just to highlight about subscribing. So fund a radio station that has a policy of non-racist and non-sexist broadcasting and support the struggles of working people everywhere and Aboriginal people. And it's really important. And I suppose I've just done the show in a little bit of a different format this year, just to to highlight that, and as I said, there are many, many diverse shows on 3CR, and Doing Time is just a glimpse, really, about the wonderful work that, that 3CR is actually doing and how it's important to subscribe. And next up, we've got our last little little snippet from Karen Fletcher, with Karen Fletcher, sorry, and Karen Fletcher is going to be talking about the prison system and COVID-19. There may be a couple of events. Um, don't go to those events, of course, because they were last year. And that'll be actually part of that, that interview. Karen Fletcher has actually done a lot of work in prison. And I believe at that time she was based in Darabin. Um, and this is just yet another highlight to, to look at the, the, the work that's being done at 3CR. So it's up to us, the people. We need a treaty in this country. We need the end to the war in this country. And the only way we can do that is through a peace treaty. Not the one you see in Victoria, not the one you see in Queensland, not the one you see in the Northern Territory, 
because they talk treaty and still lock our people up. They still kill our people. They still desecrate our land and our water. A treaty means peace. A treaty means equality. And a treaty means justice. Thank you. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. operates on Fridays from 10 till 4 uh, and prisoners can ring in on that number if they have our phone number on their phone card. Um, so I'll give the number at the beginning and then again at the end perhaps. It's 03 9484 That's staffed on Fridays uh, between 9.30 and 4.30 by lawyers and paralegals and um, we can speak to people in prison and their families and loved ones about prison law issues. That's fantastic, and we do actually have a listenership in prisons for the Do and Time show, so that's really useful that you've given that out. And we'll do that at the end, Karen. That's a good idea. So what do you think about all this, about the health crisis and, and what's happening with prisons? I mean, we've done quite a lot of extensive coverage on our show in regards to the pandemic and how there really is such a lack of hygiene in prisons, and indeed prisons are very much excluded from, from all this. Can you talk to, to us about that? Yeah, look, I think it's true to say that um, prisons are one of the highest risk environments for uh, transmission of COVID-19. They're right up there with cruise ships, um, uh, health facilities, aged care facilities, uh, all places where there are people who are living in a high density and people who've got compromised health. And international experience has been that once uh, COVID-19 infection gets into a prison, um, usually it's through staff, uh, prison officers or contractors, uh, it spreads extremely quickly and it has devastating results. And we've seen very high rates of death in prisons in other countries and particularly in the United States where mass incarceration is probably the highest in the world. Absolutely. And so there's been a lockdown of prisons across the state, Karen. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so the strategy uh, in Victoria, where we are, and I would say in other Australian jurisdictions, has been to sort of focus on trying to keep COVID-19 out of the prisons, which, of course, is the first line of defence. And there's been, I think, arguably, a not so much attention on what is going to happen if COVID-19 gets in, and all public health advice is that the only and the most important public health measure if COVID-19 gets into a prison is to reduce the size of the population and get people out. So all public health advice is that we need to be focusing on getting people out, um, particularly young people, elderly people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and people with compromised immune systems because of other 
illnesses. And there's mechanisms available to do that. Uh, we've got a, a, the ability in Victoria for the prison operators to release people 14 days early um, if there's uh, emergency, an emergency situation like this, uh, which would have a huge impact because about half of all prisoners serve less than a, a month. Um, most people serve very, very short terms in prison, so uh, releasing people 14 days early would have a huge impact. Um, but there's also some laws there that enable people to be released if they have, they're in very poor health and they need to be released for health reasons. Uh, but there hasn't been focus on that decarceration as a public health measure in Australian prisons. As I said, the main focus has been on um, quarantining prisons or prisoners or locking people down when they first come into prisons. Um, and now that there is, there have been cases of both people on remand and prison staff uh, Testing positive for COVID-19, there's now this big emphasis on locking everybody down in the youth detention centres and the prisons. Um, and several prisons have had full lockdowns uh, where people are confined to their cells completely. On one day last week, we had a day where people couldn't even get to court or um, even by video conference for their bail hearing. Hi, I am Mr. Silla from Iceland, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, and streaming at 3cr.org.au. It's now or never for climate action. So join the National Sustainable Living Festival this February for a program showcasing cutting-edge solutions to the ecological and social challenges of our times. Be part of the change and join the sustainability movement with a month of workshops, talks, demonstrations, artworks, exhibitions, films and live performances. It's time to reset to climate safe. For the full program, go to slf.org.au. The National Sustainable Living Festival is a 3CR supporter. Hello, this is Virginia from the 3CR Garden Show. We are back live to the airwaves every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.15. There are some changes. Sadly, Pam has retired at the garden show and will be sorely missed. But Stephen and I are excited to be hosting the show and we have many old favourites and some new voices. So tune in for the usual fabulous gardening advice. 855 on the AM dial, 3CR digital or 3cr.org.au. Every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.15. COVID permitting. Look forward to your company. Cheers. The Commons Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. 
Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. I really am not understanding why people aren't seeing the fact that prisons are an integral part of a public health response to a pandemic. Like you, I'm really concerned about whether the data is being released very honestly about illnesses within prison. I have suspicions it's not, but really we need very strong leadership in this country that actually cares about people inside, our most vulnerable populations inside. That's what we need and that's not what we're getting right now. We need to keep Radical Voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. And it's approximately 4.48. And just wanted to take this opportunity to thank... Anybody that has subscribed already, so people who have subscribed and or who have renewed their subscription or who are new to 3CR and have subscribed or even who people who are have been with 3CR for a long time and haven't had their subscription and have been inspired to do so, thank you very much. And it's, it's really important to, to have this very, very vital subscriber drive. So that was, we, we actually looked at quite a few snippets here of 2020 and I believe that the service for prisoners that Karen Fletcher was talking about is still happening. So I was just checking that and there were no, no events that, that you have to go through. I was just concerned that people would have just tuned in and, and maybe turned up to something <laughs> which wasn't there. But I, as I said, I really wanted to showcase um, the work that the Do and Time show did last year, particularly because last year was terribly difficult for, for everybody and in particular, you know, for pe- people from minority groups like refugees, asylum seekers, Aboriginal people, women in prison, and the list goes on. And, and of course, it's been really hard for 3CR as well. There's been a lot going on in terms of having to provide, you know, COVID-safe practices and lots of... Um, training for for people who have been doing remote broadcast and and also you know staff working extremely hard to to help people that that actually can't go into the station and I wanted to actually give out a very very special cheerio and thank you to all the staff at 3CR and all the wonderful volunteers as well other programmers too that I it's it's been important to overcome those barriers. Um, in terms of of being COVID safe, and and in fact, I just think 3CR has done an incredible job about that. Um, and hopefully, when stage four lifts, we, you know, there'll there'll be more opportunity um, for people to go back in. It's approximately 4:50, and we're nearing the end of our show. And just to reiterate again, in terms of the subscribing. So it costs just $35 to subscribe to 3CR if you're unwaged or concession. It's $75 waged and $150 solidarity or for a band or organisation. You can subscribe online by going to www.3cr.org.au slash subscribe. 
You can also subscribe by calling the station during business hours, Monday to Friday, and paying by credit card. Call 94198377. And a 3CR subscriber is a member of the station and therefore has a say in what happens at 3CR. Subscribers keep 3CR independent and commercial free. And your support will help to keep one of the best community radio stations on air. And I suppose the other thing I wanted to say is that community radio provides a vital space for us to communicate and organise together, free from vested corporate interests and the profit motive. Be part of the movement for change and become a member of Melbourne's precious independent community media. So it's approximately 4.52. Thanks to Peter, who, who probably is listening, um, for providing or helping to provide tech support for the pre-recorded material on this show today. And hello to Rob and Indy, who are also listening as well. And we're going to be going out with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, by the Rumpy Band, um, pretty soon. And thank you once again to all our listeners for being supportive to 3CR and if people have subscribed already, thank you very much indeed. We've just got a couple of minutes left of our show and I know I'm being really repetitive, um, but in case people have just tuned in, this is the Doing Time show. It's 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au and it is good to be repetitive because... You never know when someone's just tuning in. So it costs just $35 to subscribe to 3CR if you're unwaged or concession. It's $75 waged and $150 solidarity or for a band or organisation. You can subscribe online by going to www.3cr.org.au slash subscribe. You can also subscribe by calling the station during business hours, Monday to Friday, and paying by credit card. Call 94198377. And I, probably there, there won't be any cash this time because of the COVID-19. Money is dirty, I suppose. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm out of here pretty soon and we're going to be going out with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella by the Rumpy Band. It's a re- relatively little bit short, of a shortened show today. Um, and tune in every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doing Time show and tune in next Monday as well. There's going to be quite amazing things coming up um, next Monday. And we'll be going out now with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, from the Rumpy Band with Beyond Zero coming up next. Take care of each other and stay safe and be well. Bye. I'm
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.